This is Coach Carmen with Amaryllis from Ace Travels. Welcome to Eat Well, Travel Often, the podcast where each episode we explore a new destination, its food, and its culture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eat Well, Travel Often. I am Coach Carmen from the Happy Balanced Life, and here with my co-host today, Amaryllis from Ace Travels, and we are excited to talk to you today about Italy. My away. favorite place ever. <laughs> I have to say, I have, I'm excited about this one. I know we say that a lot, but I want to experience more of it. So if there's anybody out there that's listening and you want to give us recommendations, I plan on being back there a few more times. So tell us where we should go. Oh, I want to live in Italy one day. So for <laughs> me, this, when I tell you it is my favorite, it is one of my favorites. Like, I think I said that about Portugal too. Like Port- Lisbon was one of my favorite places, but Italy, oh, I, there's just nothing else like it out there. I mean, nothing, you know, it's just, well, anyways, let's talk about the three things that stood out to us when we went to Italy. Right. And Italy is a big country. I mean, relatively large, right? So there's different regions, but um, okay. So number one, hands down, without a doubt, the food. Yes. Okay. I ate my way through Italy and I have to tell you, like, I didn't even care if I gained weight. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm not going to worth the calories. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say more than just how delicious the food is, it's this notion of like, I can eat it and not feel guilty because when I'm done eating it, I don't feel overly bloated like I do here in the United States. Yes. It just feels satisfying. And then the next day you just, and then you just feel normal. Like the next day it was like, okay, whatever. You know, here you get like these food hangovers sometimes when you eat. I never feel that way in Italy ever. And when I tell you I eat pasta almost every day, I love pasta. Like it is one of my favorite things to eat in general. So it's probably a large reason why I love Italy so much, right? Yep. Um, number two, same thing with the wine, no hangovers. I can drink it with every meal and I never feel like I have to overindulge. I never feel drunk. It is just, it's amazing. I, it's amazing just how like it just, and, 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 and they don't make a big deal about wine. I mean, they make a big deal about wine from the perspective of like, it's something you should be enjoying with your meal, but they don't make a big deal deal about wine like the way we do here in the United States like oh you shouldn't be having wine with every meal you're a lush yeah (laughs) exactly and number three the art um both in regards to actual work of arts like artwork like buildings and paintings and stuff but also like fashion right like to me Italians encompass what is art right um the history of Italy is really kind of steeped in this grandiose architecture um, that's adorned by all of these like embellishments that are like second to none. You see it in the buildings, you see art everywhere in the buildings, in the paintings, in, in everything, in the way people dress. Um, and even back in like the ancient Roman times, Italy took architecture and artwork to like an entirely new level. And so kind of you see that is ingrained in their culture and you can't go there and not have an appreciation for all of that. So those are my three takeaways. <laughs> so 
you said it, you've been to several parts of Italy. I have only been to Venice and completely loved it. But I've also looked into a lot of parts of Italy because I want to go back and I'd like to stay there for a while as well, uh, whenever possible. But I think what I loved was, so first of all, um, Europeans overall, but Italians, especially women have like a classy dress to them. Like I love I loved walking around. I actually definitely felt like a tourist in my shorts and flip-flops or sneakers, but um, they are just really well-dressed, really, well, you know, really put, well put together. And I was just impressed by how, you know, good they look. I loved the food. Like you said, a, a friends of ours has friends of ours had gone like a few months before and uh, they kept telling us like how the food is really light. You can eat more. You're going to see it's different. And I didn't get it until I got it when I was mm-hmm. there. So I had really good pizza, really good pasta, wine, bread, you name it. Um, It was all delicious. And like you said, you didn't feel disgusting, you know, after you ate. From my experience, the other thing that I loved was the accessibility because I was in Venice to Burano and Murano, which I'll talk about later. But um, just all three different experiences and just the canals and the the beauty of everything. Um, And the interesting, interesting thing is it was very busy there, but I didn't feel overwhelmed like with all the people and all of that. So um, it was amazing. The food, the people, the beauty, the shopping, it was all good. It was all good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very good. All right. So before we get into our, the different foods that we had and um, like our experiences there, I'm going to give a little bit of a background on cuisine, the Italian food mm. or Italian culinary, culinary or cuisine. Uh, I don't know how you say it, but <laughs> all right. So let's talk about a little bit about the early origin. So um, it started to make its mark during the Roman Empire movement about 2000 years ago. Um, ironically enough, I learned that the Italians have a cookbook that dates back to the first century BC, which just really goes to show how important a place food had in their society. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of that cookbook, but I'm interested to see it. <laughs> um, the structure of Italy as a country underwent like a really big change after the fall of the Roman Empire. Um, after the fall of the empire, Italy became a new body of individually governed states that had separate and distinctive identities and then kind of from there developed their own traditions. Um, this era was a time when the cuisine of Italy really kind of started developing its diversity that you see today or that you experience today. Um, each region developed its own distinctive style of cooking and it formalized a menu based on the local ingredients and the lifestyle of the people living there. And I actually learned this. Um, I was watching that show. Uh, who's the actor that did the whole show with Italy? Oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, my God. Um, Tucci. Yes. yes. So he, when he's in Naples, he's talking, he was talking about pizza and how pizza was developed for a working class. It had to be more on the go. Um, something easy to make, you know, like quick. I think if I remember correctly, but I I learned that from watching that show. Um, 
when you look at regional Italian food, uh, you'll get a wide variety of things. So like Tuscan beef um, is an item that belongs to the north, whereas like black truffles originated in marches. The south is credited for producing mozzarella cheese and provolone, along with like a rich growth of citrus fruits. Um, there was a great variance even amongst the most commonly consumed items in Italy, such as like the different types of breads um, and pastas um, with the southern part of Italy preferring like hard boiled spaghetti and the northern regions being more um, akin to consuming soft egg noodles. And then, like I mentioned, pizza originated in Naples, tortellini from Bologna and Milan is famous for risotto. So through the course of time, um, Italian cuisine has evolved into a breed of its own um, due to like a large amount of external influences as well. So it started off kind of like having these regional diversities and then all of a sudden all these influences started coming in um, or had already seeped in at some point or another. Um, like they say the Italians had initially absorbed ancient Greek cookery into their culture and like the Romans started bringing back things like wheat, wine, fine spices, and other exotic ingredients. Um, and they even got some of their ingredients from as far as China. So that kind of helps explain the diversity in the country. And then mm. if you look at the coastal regions of Italy, they're credited for uh, more fish and seafood recipes that you see today, which makes sense. This yes. is the case almost in every country, right? So on the coastal part of the country, you're going to find like anchovies and swordfish and lobster and sardine are just some of the main seafood items. Um, and you're also going to find traces of Arab influence, um, especially in the cuisine of places like Sicily, where you're going to find spices and sweets. Um, the origin of pasta is still being disputed because some people claim that it was actually imported from China, um, whereas others say that it's Italy's local pro produce, which was consumed during the Etruscan and the Roman times. So any way you look at it, whether whether it was something that was imported from China or Italy, like the cuisine in general is extremely diverse and it's rich. And it's a, probably a large reason why it's considered like one of the most unique and amazing cuisines in the world. And I have to say, I agree 1000%. I can't believe, listen, we did. So my husband and I did our ancestry. I'm like the United Nations of DNA, right? Like I'm just made up of a whole bunch of stuff. But That's we awesome. found out we didn't know that my husband is actually 20% Italian. He had uh, no idea. And I was like, oh, hello, can we get you a passport so we can just <laughs> You want dual citizenship so you can live in Italy too? Seriously. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Tell me some of the stuff that you had while you were in Venice and what you enjoyed and didn't enjoy. So honestly, um, so we went, we were in Venice. We stayed for a few days, even though we were on a cruise, but we stayed for a few days because we wanted to experience it. And um, I'm glad we did because there was a lot to see in a short time. You know, they, they, um, I have to say that for me, the things that I ate that I loved the most was the pasta, which makes sense. But um it was, it was, it was very simply made, which I think we complicate things here by putting so much stuff in our food. Right. But I mean, it was like very classic, clean ingredients. You might have like some type of mozzarella or a cheese or some, 
some some type of like you know um other cheeses in it but nothing like too complicated um i loved everything that i ate when i had very very light pizza which i really enjoyed and i had a lot out of it a lot a lot of it um and everywhere i went i just tried a different pasta dish either with seafood or you know with just cheeses and stuff like that and i really enjoyed everything they did the the portions were smaller than we have here in the United States, which is fine because you know again it's what we're supposed to be eating. So I really enjoyed that. But there was a freshness to their food. Whether I got a salad or a side of a vegetable or something, there was like a freshness to everything that you had, which I really really enjoyed. They served bread with everything. We had wine every time. It was just really really delicious. Everything was yummy, and they're very want they want they know you're tourists right because you're in that area uh and they want to help you they want to show you so we hit up a like random spot on the road when we're walking around and then we started asking people as i do like where should we eat you know whatever and they gave us a few places and you could just tell you might have to go through a few alleys but once you find it it is well worth it yeah you know to get the food uh that you it's just it was all good honestly i didn't have a bad meal in italy I didn't, but I really feel like if you ask around, you're going to find out who the best chefs are. And, you know, it wasn't, even though it's a tourist area, there still was a, like a Italian feel and freshness to everything, the architecture, the food, the people, it just was amazing. And I think yeah. that's probably what we enjoyed about it. Right. Cause we yeah. always talk about like, we're going to go somewhere that's been Americanized. It kind of doesn't make sense. It's just like stepping out of the zone and, and, and there's nothing else to learn, but there was plenty there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we in Venice, when we were in Venice, um, we actually just would randomly like see a place and be like, let's go in there. And we were not disappointed once, (laughs) once. What we did try to do was like, if we saw what looked like too many tourists, we wouldn't go into those places. We would probably go into more like smaller, um, more intimate places. And, uh, there was one place that was like right outside of the hotel that we were staying at. And, and I can't remember the name for the life of me, but I had pizza there and it was, it was, uh, it was so good. I was like, Miguel wanted some of my pizza. I was like, stay away. <laughs> one time I'm not sharing. <laughs> I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing, but we like would go through like a bottle of wine and then we would just go walk it off. Yeah, You know, like it was, it was just, everything was incredible. Everything. Can I just mentioned something that I think I, we take for granted that people know that Venice is a walking city. It is you're either on the water in the canals or you're walking because there's no cars. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I assume people knew that, but I was talking to somebody recently when I mentioned that they were like, what? And I was like, yes, it's just like a lot of canals. And how it do is. people get around? Like, I saw people, it was amazing, like doing their groceries and getting out of their little boats in front of their house. It's just, it's just uh, a, a different culture, you know? But I just wanted to bring that up just in case anybody in the world did not know that besides that person that I was talking to. Yeah, it's, um, it definitely is a walking city. Um, you, again, I'm gonna keep saying this every time we talk because I do this for a living. When you go to plan, look at a map because there are parts of Venice that, like if you stay in that part of Venice, it's a little bit more difficult to get to the like, Other you know, to get to where the tourist, the more tourist area is. Like if you're going to like the St. Mark's, you know, plaza, am I saying that right? Um, so just 
be conscious of that or aware of that, right? Like I always start when I plan any trip, I start by looking at a map. I literally go online. I pull up a map of that location. I look at where things are in context to other places. And then I start to map out based off of that. And then if I know I want to go to certain destinations or certain cities, I start to look at how long does it take to get from one to the other so that I can efficiently plan it in a way where you're maximizing your time and being able to move about as easily as possible. Yeah, good. Hey, can I just interrupt you for one second? You said something, the plaza. That's another thing I loved about being there. Now, again, we went in August, so we ate outside most of the time. You know, they have these beautiful, like humongous, you know, I don't know what plazas, I guess, with, you know, you'll see all the build, buildings around it, but that's what it reminded me of. And there's like a bunch of restaurants lined up almost like in a square, right? And, you know, you just order your food and they ask if you want to eat inside or outside, but we had many meals outside and it was really, to me, you know, I'm a people watcher. So I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, the, it is. Uh, I liked it for people watching as well, just because it was, um, it is St. Mark's Square. I was like, did I say the wrong thing? No, you said it right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, the plaza to me was just one of those areas where you can go sit around and look and take pictures and just kind of see everybody really enjoying their time in Venice. You know, that that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, so I also had the opportunity to spend time in Rome and in Florence and in Pisa. And... Um, Rome tends to be a little bit more touristy in nature um, because most people, that's where they start, right? They start in Rome, which makes sense. So if you eat in and around the more tourist sites, like the Colosseum, the Vatican, like you're going to find more tourist-like restaurants. Just be prepared for that. Like you're not going to get, not that you're not going to get authentic Italian cuisine, it's just going to be more touristy in nature. So kind of going to the more um, residential areas, like the more hidden areas, don't try to get away from where all the tourist sites are, because that way you can find food that's a little bit more. I'm going to I feel like I'm repeating myself not so touristy. Um, one place that we went to, which may be considered tourist, I don't know, but I thought it was good, um, was a restaurant called Alfredo's. And they are known for having invented the Alfredo, the fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I I'm laughing because I literally looked that up because the girl that went before me, the couple, they told us that you couldn't find chicken Alfredo in Venice. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, it's not a thing there. It's by the area. It's really it was invented in Rome and it and it was and it's really mostly found in Rome. Yeah, and I was like, just, really? And then so I looked into it and I was like, so so it's just funny that you yeah. brought that up. And actually, by the way, I learned this, that chicken Alfredo is not really an Italian thing. Alfredo is, is fettuccine is. Alfredo is, but chicken Alfredo is not an Italian thing. That is an American thing. Yes. And it blew up in America before it did there. Like, you know, yeah. the, some places are, are picking it up. Yeah. Um, so we went to this restaurant and of course I was going to have the Alfredo because hello, they invented it and it was delicious. Oh my God. It was so creamy. So good. And then we had some, then we had some history of why he made the Alfredo. Did you hear about that? No, they just, so what they do is they come to your table and they like, they make the noodles, right? The fettuccine. 
And then they like mix it all in with all the other ingredients in front of you. And they like turn it and turn mm. it. And you're like, <gasps> by the time you actually get to eat it, like your mouth is watering and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to like, Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they really have the, like, well, our, our waiter didn't really go into the history of it. No, um, so the background, if, if this is true, because you can't, you know, but my understanding is that the chef, the original Alfredo of the restaurant, made it for his pregnant wife who didn't want to eat anything when she was pregnant. And he just made like a cream noodle, buttery, like, you know, pasta yeah. for her. And that's it. And it took off after that. So he loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that funny though? Like, you know, chefs, they, they have to come up with this, these, these ideas and, yeah. um, but everybody just assumes again here in America, you think it's an Italian dish and here we make Alfredo with chicken, with seafood, with, with everything with everything and that's not even a thing so yeah yeah, cool. yeah it is cool. um so uh that was one of the more memorable meals that i had in rome we had some ones that were not so much we were one there was one day we were hungry and we kind of went into this place and it was around the shop like a shopping district and it was not enjoyable i was like oh but that's why i tell you like if you can avoid eating close to tourist sites just tr try oh. to avoid it um in Pisa, I cannot remember the name of the hotel, but I do have it in my notes. So I'm going to put it in the show notes um, because I have to go dig for it. But we had a meal in a restaurant that looked like you were in a cave. Ooh. And when I tell you everything from the bread to the wine, to the appetizers, to the meal, to the dessert was delectable like it was uh, incredible it was amazing mm. um and i'm trying to remember who recommended it to me it was somebody that we spoke to on the street they recommended and we went and it was tiny place like it wasn't a lot of a lot of tables um but it was not far from the tower of pisa and um the leaning tower it was like literally like a few blocks away and it was oh, so good. I'm going to find the name. I have pictures. I'm going to include them in the YouTube episode. If anybody wants to see, it was so good. So good. Um, and then Florence, I know we didn't have any bad meals, but to be honest with you, I don't remember the meals that I had because <laughs> I was so in love with Florence, just the look and the feel of it. And really? it has an, it has a very um, Renaissance romantic feel to it. And I think I was caught up in that in the moment that the kind of food kind of fell to the background mm -hmm. because, you know, they have all the museums, they have all the artwork. There's just something so romantic and airy about it. it's probably the best way for me to describe it mm. and I tell people all the time like it's a city I feel like everybody should see just because it's first it's small it's walkable you don't really like need to worry about taking public transportation to places it's, it's easy to navigate um but it there's just so much art history there um and it had and it's all it all feels so romantic in a, in not and not in a cheesy way i don't mean like yeah, yeah. i was there with my partner and it was romantic more in a like you feel like you've gone back to the renaissance period if that's mm -hmm. you know um i don't know if you know this um but the medici family was a family that really kind of led the led the path for Florence to become the center of like art and 
they worked very closely with like Michelangelo and like um, they had their conflicts with the Vatican, like the Pope and everything during their time or whatever. But they were really focused on making Florence like the capital of art of the world. And it it, it really kind of shows today. So I can't really speak about my food experiences in Florence because I don't really remember them, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Right. Like if it's not memorable, was it good? But I yeah. know that I didn't have any bad experiences. There. Right, right. Yeah. We did eat well. We ate well our entire trip. We, <laughs> we did. We did. We ate really well. Which is probably a reason why we both want to go back. Because we, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Like, I'd love to live there for a few months at least, you know, just to experience the different zones of, you know, Italy. And we definitely want to go back. But I mean, I don't have a month that I can just hang out there now, right? Because we have other trips. But I would love to go back and just you know, I don't want to wait till I retire either. Like I'd like to just go there and stay there for a few months and just check out different areas. Yeah. Because particularly because, you know, if you, as you get older, it's harder to, to, to move about right. as easily, right? Like yep. depending on where you are health wise. I mean, hopefully we're both healthier as we get older, but you know, um, so let's talk about um, things to do. Um, in each of these different locations, we can talk about, let's, why don't we start with Venice? Um, tell us a little bit about what you guys did while you were there. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, the first day we literally spend the day walking around cause there's a lot to see and do, you know, what I, what I, what I appreciated about, um, Venice was truly that the architecture is amazing. They have these beautiful churches and buildings that look like museums, I love the shopping. Like I mentioned, they have great shops. Um, we ended up picking up some leather. They had beautiful watches, just a lot of beautiful items to see um, the food. But I feel like the when we were there the second day, we had asked, um, you know, how do we get out of the area where we like, where can we go rent a car and like go into Italy? And they said, you know, you can, but it's going to take you so long to take the train to the car rental and all that. Why don't you go to Burano or Murano, which are two islands right off of um, Italy? And so mm-hmm. we did, and I'm glad we did. We went to um, <clears throat> Burano, which is you've probably seen in photos. It's the one of the most colorful little communities where they have the colorful houses on each side of the canals. They are known for selling lace you know, like old fashioned lace that, you know, Mm -hmm. your home dollies and stuff like that. Um, But they had other things, you know, little restaurants, they had, you know, little shops, um, ice cream places or gelato places and stuff like that. But very, um, very cute sort of, uh, like you said, old country with a little bit of a modern flair because of, you know, the shops that were there and stuff like that. And that was nice. And it was about a 40 minute ferry ride over, like a ride over uh, over the water. And then we went to Murano, which was second island and they are known for glass blowing and mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah, beautiful stuff yes we, we got to see you know them in action making some vases and things like that but they have a huge store there where you can you know purchase everything from like earrings to these huge like accent pieces for your home so you know we spent the additional two days sort of exploring venice and um of course we did the gondola ride that's famous right mm-hmm. we have to do that mm-hmm. check it off the box and the funny thing about that is that they don't sing for you so don't let them trick you it's only on tv <laughs> <laughs> 
they don't sing for you. But anyway, nonetheless, I, I loved like going through the canals and seeing the beauty. And again, for me, seeing the hustle and bustle of the people that live there, like just doing everyday things, like coming home with groceries or, you know, going off to work or whatever. It was awesome. It was just a really nice experience. Well, it's a, it's amazing too, because you see this place and you're like, how do these people live here? Like they have, they have to take ferries every, you know, gondolas or ferries. Walk or they take yeah. A, yeah, a boat ride or whatever. Yeah. Um, so oh, just mention one more thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you stayed in Venice, but we stayed in the cutest little boutique hotel. That's, you know, I don't remember the name, but I, I could look it up and we could put it in the show notes later, but we stayed in a cute little boutique hotel and it was, they were really, really friendly and they tried really hard to communicate, you know, with us and give us tips and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. I always mention that because I think for those folks that are a little afraid to travel, a little afraid to, you know, there's most places they want to help you. They really want to show, they have, there's like a sense of pride about their city or their town yeah. or whatever. So they want to tell you where to go and where to eat and what to do. So like, that's something that you should just not be concerned about for the majority of places. Yeah, they, they, they are very helpful. We stayed in a boutique hotel as well um, in the center of Venice. And um, it was super nice. It had a very old Italian feel to it. Yes. Uh, it was nice not to be in like your like typical American, like modern. Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for us, while we were in Venice, we did a lot of walking around just to kind of like walking through the alleys, looking at shops. We went to St. Mark's Plaza. But two things that we did that stood out to me. Uh, one, we did not go to Burano and Murano. We went to an island called Lido, which is about a 10 minute ride. Okay. Uh, actually, maybe 10, 15, 20 minute ride. And it is, um, it's basically like, it's like a one strip kind of island at least that's the way i kind of saw it um and it's it's full of like locals like local venetians i think there's about twenty thousand people who live on the island we literally just walked around we we had lunch there um it is home to the annual venice film festival in September. So it is a place that people descend on in September for the film festival. Um, it was a nice to see, it just was nice to see like another side of Venice, like a local, a small, small island feel kind of thing. Um, the other thing that we did, for those that don't know this about me, I am a huge fan of classical music. I played for many, many years. So for me, it's something that I enjoy listening to. And um, Antonio Vivaldi is a composer that was born in Venice. And one of the things that you can do when you're there is go to a Four Seasons concert. So one of the compositions that Antonio Vivaldi did is called The Four Seasons. Um, where the music is a, you get like four parts to it and it's um, representative of the different seasons, winter, fall, summer, and spring. And the concert is actually held at this church called Santa Maria de la Visitazione. Wow. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's, that sounds great. <laughs> it's this old church in Venice and you listen to this quartet play the four seasons. Um, it's like a dedication to Vivaldi in, in a church where he composed, I mean, it's where he composed the music, you know? So for me, I was like, so excited. And Miguel's like, really, you want to go to this? I was like, yeah. Um, 
And so we sat there and I got to like watch and listen and just sitting in this beautiful little church. It was awesome. It was awesome. And it wasn't even that expensive. It was like maybe 30 bucks, you know, to go, to go experience that. So it's just nice to have that experience in Venice where Vivaldi was born and so forth. I love that when you can make a connection with something that is important to you. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, in Rome, uh, I mean, in, honestly, in Rome, we did a lot of the tourist stuff, right? Um, we went to um, we went to the Colosseum. Um, we actually got to do the underground uh, tour because they have these underground tunnels in the Colosseum. So we got to do that. And then what you get to come out into the Colosseum from the underground. So you got to get to see what it was like for the gladiators when they were going into fight, like they would come out of those tunnels. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, um, which I loved because the first, the first few times that I've been to Rome before and I didn't, I didn't, I went to the Colosseum, but I didn't ever get to do that part of it. So it was nice to just, um, to get to do that. Um, we went to St. Peter's square, obviously, um, because you know, that's the Vatican state and, uh, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, but I did grow up Catholic. So (laughs) it's one of those things that you just, you need to see for yourself. Um, We also went into St. Peter's Basilica. We did a tour of Vatican city. Um, We got to, we got to go into, I'm drawing a blank right now. I see this is why I'm a bad Catholic. Um, The room with the, with Michelangelo's painting. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I I can't remember the name of it right now, but it'll come to me. Uh, We went in there and one note for, I mean, maybe most people know this, but when you go into that space, into where the dome is with Michelangelo's painting, you are not allowed to take any pictures, any video, nothing, nothing. And they're very strict about it. Um, Very strict. But it is one of those moments where you learn about this and then you get to like just sit in this room where by the way the the different um priests go in and vote for the pope right like they have a room back there where they do that you get to sit there and just look up at this dome and this piece of art done by this amazing artist michelangelo and you're just like wow like you know amazing Amazing. Yeah. Um, And it, well, I'll talk about it when we talk about Florence, Mm -hmm. but you know, Michelangelo, we saw, we got to see a bit of his work while we were there because he just, you know, he just was, he was just shit. (laughs) The Sistine Chapel. That's it. I couldn't even think of it. (laughs) That he painted. Um, (laughs) He was, he was, he was I incredible. Know, I know, it's just like, I was expecting that you to say that, that's all. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry for all the, the curse words. Um, so tip of, a piece of advice, if you are going to Rome and you're going to go to the Vatican, go for, well, one, go with a tour because you will learn so much more than just going by yourself. Two, if you book a tour, Go with the first group that goes in the morning because as the day progresses, 
Um, if you go on your own, you're going to have to stand in line and you're probably going to end up spending most of your day waiting in line, waiting, yeah. right? Which is not worth it to you. Like you're there to go see stuff. You're not there to go sit in line. So it's better if you just book with a guide, go to the first entry, go to the first group slot that they provide. And um, like early in the morning, I know nobody wants to get up early on their vacation, <laughs> But I promise you, it's worth it. You'll be out of it or like by mid morning and you'll be able to go about your day and you're going to come out and you're going to see all these people standing in line. and You're going to be like, I was smart. Yes, (laughs) I didn't do that. (laughs) Probably do that. I love it. Same thing with the Coliseum. Not you don't need to do that early. We did a later tour, um, but we did a tour because it got us in and out. Right. And we were able to go underground and we were able to learn the history and they like put stories to it, explain the history of the Coliseum and so forth, how long it was used for. It just adds to the experience. Again, I'm a big advocate of guides because I feel like they just add so much value to your overall experience. And I know people are like, oh, I don't want to spend money. (sighs) That's what you're there for. You're there to learn and experience. Like if you go by yourself, you're just going to be looking at paintings and buildings. Not understanding, oh. right. The background. And, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. and I feel so like I, I, I appreciate that, you know, when you go to a museum and you do like a self walking tour or something like that, there's always information. Obviously, sometimes they have the little, you know, earbuds that you can hear too. But I think there's a difference when you have somebody live walking you around, they're sort of connecting the dots of all the history and everything you're seeing. And they're able to answer questions live. Like if you, if they know, you know what I mean? Or they'll, they'll be able to tell you where the resources are for you to go ahead and see, you know, really understand what you're seeing. And I think that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the other things you might want to see, and this is something you could probably, if you want to go in and do a tour, you can. Um, The Pantheon Pantheon, um, is right in in Rome as well. And it's just an ancient Roman building that's been preserved. I shouldn't say it's just, it is a (laughs) preserved ancient Roman building. um, And it's one of the famous attractions of of Rome. the other thing is the Trevi Fountain, which I'm pretty sure um, everybody sees in, in social media. Just know this. It is crowded. It is very crowded. I think I've uh, slowed. I think I'm on a delay. A little bit. Yeah, I see you moving slow, but I hear you fine. Okay. So um, if you go in the middle of the day, or you go in the evening, or you go any other time other than really, really, really early in the morning, there's going to be tons of people there. So um, just understand that you're not going to be able to get pictures by yourself in front of the fountain. You have to do like some of the Instagram influencers do where they go at like the crack of dawn. Five in the morning to take their, their shot. <laughs> to get the shot with nobody in it. So it's beautiful. You should definitely make a wish, throw your penny in and make a wish. Um, But just know it is crowded, very crowded. Definitely you should go to the Spanish steps. It's just nice for picture taking. It's beautiful. There's going to be a lot of people there as well. Yes. Um, But it's one of those things like you just, you should go see it. You're there. You know, why would you not? Um, And then at the top of the stairs is the Trinita di Monti Church, which in itself is a really nice attraction as well. Um, The other place that I think sometimes kind of gets put on the back burner because of the Colosseum is um, the Roman Forum. 
Um, it is actually considered one of the most important Roman ruins in Italy. Um, it, it was like the center of Roman public and political life at one point. Um, so you'll see there's still a lot of standing structures there. Again, go with a guide because they will walk you through the history of it and it will all make sense at that point. Mm-hmm. So definitely something to consider. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, the when you're in the Vatican, if you do a tour, if you do a guide, you're going to see the Vatican museums, which are also great. Um, and you start to realize just how rich the Vatican is. Yes. Like when you see, you're like, we could, we could, we could like cancel out like poverty, like I agree. Not poverty, but like, you know, no, it's, it's you're right. It's, it's its own state and it has a lot of money for its own, for a reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like super wealthy. Um, not far from the Trevi fountain is also La Piazza Navona, which is, is just like a plaza. Um, and it's like full of artists and street vendors and so forth. It's just nice to kind of go and see it and experience kind of people watch a little bit. Mm. Um, and then not too far from Vatican City is the castle of uh, Castle St. Angelo. It's like a circular fort and looks kind of like a castle. And it was once the tallest building in Rome. Not anymore. Um, it was created in 129 AD. Uh, so it's very old. And it was in, originally intended to serve as a mausoleum for the emperor. So it was like a, a place for the emperor or whatever. Um, over time, it became part of the Vatican State, which is why it's close to uh, St. Peter's Basilica. The Another thing that we did while we were in Rome was we went to, we got on the train and we went outside of Rome to a place called Ostia Antica which is a, it was an old Roman city that was like a port city, but, and it's all ruins now, but it's huge and you can walk around. We did not do that with a tour guide because we kind of went later in the day. And by that time we didn't have time to get one. And I kind of wish I had, because it would have been nice to understand the importance or the significance of that city at the time. But it was, um, it was nice to walk around and understand that you were standing in a place that like had a big significance and had a city at the time and was part of the Roman, like the Roman empire. Mm. Um, and the train ride is like super inexpensive. I think it was like $7. And when you get off the train, it's super easy to get there. When you get off the train, you can literally walk to the ruins. It's not, a, it's not a far walk. So we just walked to the ruins, walked back to the train, got on the train and went back into Rome. Super easy. Sweet. I like yeah. easy. Yes. I like easy too. <laughs> um, in Florence, I know I'm uh, sorry, I'm going on, but I'm just trying oh, to no. share. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to go. I've been wanting to go to all these locations. So you're just making me want to go more. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so Florence, things to see and do in Florence. Uh, One, the Florence Cathedral, for sure. It is beautiful. Mm. It is the Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore. It is, you just walk up on it and you're like, wow, this is like magical. 
magical. It is beautiful. Um, you have to see the statue of David, which was done by Michelangelo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm a fan of Michelangelo? No. I was going to say, I came back. From, I came back from Italy and I bought a biography of Michelangelo because I wanted to read more because that's just how much I was like, whoa, Impressed. this man was like, like I said, he was the shit. <laughs> um, you have to also go check out um, the Ponte Vecchio, which is, uh, it's not a exactly, it's a, it's a bridge that, sits over the river in Florence and basically you it has it has a bunch of little shops like on the bridge and so you walk and on either side of you are these shops and when when you look at it from far away it looks like almost like um you know here when you're driving down the highway and you see like almost like uh, a train station that connects two oh. sides of the train over the highway. Yes. It kind of looks like that, but prettier, if that makes oh, sense. Awesome. <laughs> I've never seen that, honestly, anywhere I've traveled. I've seen some beautiful bridges, but I haven't seen that. <laughs> um, it was, um, it, it's beautiful when just walking through and like looking at all the shops and stuff. And um, one, no, I mean, this is probably in most of Italy, but like I got a cute leather bag in Florence because yes. they have all these cute little shops. And um, we spent New Year's in Florence. So it was just, it just added to the overall like ambiance yeah. and stuff. Do they do, do they do a big deal over there or? Yes. So oh, they do it. in one of the plazas, they have like a big, um clock that's projected onto one of the buildings and it's it's kind of crazy because you're like celebrating a new year in this very old town you know so you're like oh wow like i'm i don't know how to explain it it's like i'm going into the the ne this next year in this town that's been around and for 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 yeah, centuries yeah. right okay. um Another place to visit or to, to go check out is the Palazzo Vecchio, which is actually where we were for the new year for the drop of the ball. And while the Duomo, which is the cathedral, is the most important religious building in Florence, the Palazzo Vecchio is actually the most important administrative building in Florence. It's like the, the government center, gotcha. um, but it's really old. It looks like a castle. <laughs> um and it's just beautiful. It's just the buildings are gorgeous there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Florence, like I said, Florence is small. It's walkable. It's it's not hard to navigate. Um, so it's easy to move in and about. Um, from Florence, you can take a train to Pisa. It's literally like, I want to say maybe 45 minutes an hour. You go to Pisa, you get off the train station, you can walk all the way to the Leaning Tower. And then you, you know, people taking their pictures in the Leaning Tower. And then you can go have lunch. And then you can just take a train and go back into Florence. So it's actually really nice because it's very Sweet. easy to move about. Um, there's a lot of museums in Florence. Um, there's the one where the statue of David is. There's some other ones that just have like paintings. Um, so if you're into art, it's definitely a place that you want to check out just because it has, there's so much to see and do. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, so while you're thinking, um, one thing that I 
well, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I want to go back is because I feel like Italy has so much to offer by town or region, right? So like one town's known for fashion and one town's known for cheese and another one's known for, you know, and everybody has like, I feel like every area, maybe not by town, but let's just call it region or something. They call it that there. Um, I feel like they have something to offer that's different, which is cool, right? And I also watched Stanley Tucci's uh, Italy series and I loved it because I, I, it sort of confirmed what I knew, but that's really more on food, right? But I'm just talking about overall, like generally they're known for certain things in certain areas, right? And I, and they really, they know, it's almost like they know what they're good at and what their assets are. And they really like, you know, play it out. Yeah, they yeah. play it out. So I feel like, I just feel like there's a lot for me to see and do. And I've missed mm-hmm. out just by going to one location, right? So I'm yeah, it is, that. it is. I agree with you 1000%. Another thing I will say to anybody looking to go to Italy is if you can take the train, take the train. It's so much easier. It is, it'll get you wherever you need to be in it. Like if you want to go from Rome to Florence, it's about an hour and a half on the train. You can go, you can do Rome. This is for me, this is the beginner circuit, right? It's like Rome, Florence, Venice, right? So you can do Rome to Venice in an hour and a half. You spend a couple of days there. You can do Venice, um, Florence. Did I say, did I say Venice? Rome to Florence in an hour and a half. So Rome to Florence, you spend a few days in Florence and then from Florence to Venice is about another hour and a half and you can spend time in Venice. And then you have to live there. Like I want to go to Sargento and Milan and all these other places that, you know, are not in that beginner circle. And then you think about it, there's probably other very small towns. Like I picture in my mind, again, bad, bad thing to do because sometimes you're disappointed. Like you know, a whole wine country or like farming area and like all of that. I want to see well, you. That. You will get that in Tuscany. If you go to Tuscany, yes. you'll definitely get that. Um, you know, you go down to the south of Italy, you're going to get the Amalfi Coast. Yes. Um, you know, um, not far from Rome, you can go to Pompeii. You can go see like, you know, um, you can go even down to like further down to like the boot area and that's a whole nother region with a whole different experience like you said it's just like everywhere you go you're going to get a very different experience experience. very different experience for sure um so that's it on my end because we're coming up on almost an hour and i'm trying you know obviously we're trying to keep this uh digestible right that's the best word to use well Um, before we go though i want to mention something just as a health coach because this is something that i really find uh, interesting is i don't do you know what the blue zones are no okay so for anybody who knows or doesn't know one thing that i love about italy is it is one of the communities that has a blue zone so there's only five in the world and blue zones are where people who um People who live, there's a large population of the people that live and they're over a hundred. Oh, oh, like in Japan. Yes. So Okinawa, Japan is one of them, right? But Italy has, I think it's called Sardina. Sardina, Italy is one of the locations where they do as well. They, they have a, and I, and I bring it up because, so what I, what I love about the Italy piece is, so overall blue zone, people that live in the blue zones, they normally eat a very similar diet. It's mostly vegetables, fruits, grains, and legumes, and then a very small percentage of meat and fish. They do eat it, but they call it an accent to their plate. 
So okay. it's not something that they eat a lot. Okay? You mean it's not like us where it's like a primary? Exactly, like half your plate, you have a steak, right? So you wonder what's wrong with us. But what I loved about the Italian, because there's been a lot of research in these five areas. I think one's in Costa Rica, one's in California, believe it or not, has a blue I did, I saw that in California, Japan. Yeah, Japan, Italy, and I am forgetting one. Um, uh, what Greece, there's one in Greece. So what's interesting about it is that even though they have a very similar diet, you know that Italians like their wine. And you would think that that would be a contradiction, right? But they, again, it's local wine or whatever. But what they had was that they, the town that they are part of is very community oriented. And they, there's, a, there's actually research that says that they spend, the generations spend time with each other. So the grandparents, the great grandparents, all the, you know, all the family, and they come together for dinner at night and they are always in relationships, which is one of the things that keeps us healthy and happy and yes. motivated to keep going, right? So I love that about Italy because it just feels very family oriented to me that not only are they smart enough to eat well, and but they're really enjoying their lives and they're enjoying each other. And they are yeah. a little bit isolated from a lot of the other communities because they like to live traditionally and they hand things down you know, to other people. So I love that about that particular blue zone because it, it makes me happy that they, you know, cause you know how family oriented I am. And yes. I love um, that compared to the other blue zones, that was the one thing that they were like, this is what keeps these guys going more than anything else. All these people yeah. that are over a hundred years old. So just want to share that fun fact. And actually that's a really good segue to the things we like and the things we don't like, right? Awesome. Um, so one of the things I love about Italy is no one there seems hard pressed. Like, I think, you know, you might see them like talk with their hands and whatever and like be expressive, but I, it's not an expressive way of like, it sounds like they're angry. Like yeah. they might have their bursts, right? Because Italians are known for being passionate. Yes. They're not really stressed the way like, I would say like a New Yorker is like, it's just different. It's just different. It's a different vibe. Right. So to me, I like that. I like, I really, really genuinely like that. And I saw more of that laissez faire kind of chilled out vibe in, in Florence compared to like a Rome, because I think Rome just has a lot of influence since not that Florence is not a very tourist heavy place, but it's just different. I think it's a Tuscan thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just that. Um, Number two, uh, the food, the wines. <laughs> Did I say that already? I think I said that already. It's okay. It's real. <laughs> and number three, like you said, I think every region has something different to offer. And you're not going to get the same experience in a Milan as you will in the Amalfi Coast. Um, it's yeah. just going to be different altogether. It's going to feel like a very different vacation. So it is one of those countries you do want to go visit. You do want to don't rush it. Like I yes. hear people who are like, oh, I'm going to be in Europe. So I'm just going to do like a day in Rome, a day here. A day. No, slow down, enjoy it, take it in because you're really doing yourself a disservice when you just rush through each, each area. Like be, you can't really leave and say, I experienced this. If you were only there for like a, like, you know, a few hours. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Really, eight hours of those you're sleeping, right? So, like, <laughs> that's right. So, so, give yourself that time to enjoy it. Agreed. Anything that you dislike? Um, 
No. That's awesome. <laughs> Go Italy. So, I really, um, I think it's the one country I can say there's nothing I dislike. Yeah, I agree. So for me, I think the top things I mentioned were the food. Again, just, you know, flavor and, and, and the way that I felt afterwards. Also, I think um, I just got an appreciation for the people there and the fashion and all that and just the change of what we see in America and Europe and they take good care of themselves for the most part. Um, and I love the architecture as well. I just was really impressed with all the buildings and, you know, how beautiful they were and everything that they had going on. So uh, again, I only was in Venice, but just if you think about if you just focus on that and the canals, how they built them, how people move around, how it's just, that's just what the way that they live. Right. It just shows resourcefulness. And, you know, I love, I just loved everything about it. So yeah, I can't wait to go back. We, we got to make that happen. Karen. Yes, let's do it. Let's plan Maybe we should trip. do a food trip there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of eat well, travel often. We again would appreciate your comments, your feedback. If you're enjoying listening to us, please hit the subscribe button either in the podcast platform that you're listening to us on, or if you're listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Wait, where is it? Right here, down here, down here, down there. I don't know, <laughs> down at the bottom, the red subscribe button. Hit it, hit it, hit it. All right. So thanks again. Thank and go ahead, Carmen. Eat well and travel often. Awesome. See you Bye guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.